Welcome to another episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton coming to you from Parkland, Florida. And I'm Balash Renzi coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany, as always. Hi, Mike. Hey, Balash. How are you? Good, man. How's things in uh, Florida? Well, it isn't as warm as um, it normally is down here. It is winter, although Florida is kind of a funny place. It can easily be 85 degrees in the heart of winter, um, but I have hit it uh, during a time when we're having some days in the 60s and a couple nights in the 40s, which is really weird to hear. Wow. In yeah. a sunshine state, huh? Yeah. And of course, the houses aren't really made for that, but right. it usually warms up to something during the day, although it can be kind of windy and damp. Um I'm not complaining compared to Germany, but it is, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it is, it is a little bit, um, less attractive than normal, but I've still been able mm. to enjoy getting outside in the afternoon and, uh, riding my bike and, and that kind of thing. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's been nice. How are things over in Germany? Awful. <laughs> 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 Today, I think I saw the sun for like five minutes. It's really awful. But yeah. uh, it's a uh, yeah, this cold sunshine state reminds me of a first night uh, in Arizona. I've, I, I'd never been in, in the desert before. And I went there and I, I absolutely had no idea what to expect. And they said, yeah, it's, you know, it's." I got there, I think May or something. And it's, it's going to be really hot. And I went there and it was really hot. And then uh, the night came, and I only had the <laughs> the cover of the you know of the the I I couldn't find a blanket or something, so I just like yeah, I just use the cover. It's fine. It's 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 you know it's the desert, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was I was um, I was uh, sleeping on the floor because the bed was too small, and they they promised me a mattress. But they said, um, yeah, the mattress will come the next day or whatever. So I had to spend the first night on, or I thought, well, I'm going to spend the night on the floor. I just, you know, took the mattress and I had a single bed and I just moved the bed aside, like flip, kind of flipped it to the side. And I was like, that's yeah, cool. I'm just going to put down my sleeping bag, sleep on the floor. And the next day, the, 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 the big bed will come. Man, on the floor. <laughs> it was not fun at all. And not only that, it was super cold. Yeah. But then the next day they told me, what did you do? You slept on the floor in Arizona in the desert? I'm like, yeah, wait, it's, it's okay. A lot of Have things check- crawling around there. Right. <laughs> Have you checked your shoes? No, no. Why would I check my shoes? And then they showed me some pictures. I'm like, okay, cool. Never again. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. Sneaky so, there. It's sneaky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it was really, you know, it was a, the Grand Canyon, so a really foresty kind of place. Oh, yeah. With a lot of uh, scorpions and snakes. Not a lot, but there are some around. So yeah, it's it's a a possibility. Not the desert like you thought. uh, No, no, absolutely not. So from then on, I always, before I I stepped off the bed, I always 
you know, took a took a closer look at the the carpet and shook my shoes and see what's inside. But luckily, there's never anything in it. But yeah, I was totally unaware of these things. So yeah, well, here it's um, you don't get quite that contrast of of day to night, but you know, just just weird. You know, yesterday was like high 70s maybe touching 80 and mm -hmm. bright blue sunshine today it's really cloudy uh, although still you got that humidity and warmth out there i think it's in the low 70s so i i can't complain i'll, I'll i just just nice to be able to go outside and, in a pair of shorts you know what i mean yeah and I'm, i mean 60 you said 60 fahrenheit right that's about 15 16 celsius And you said yeah. up to 80, which is about 25, 26 Celsius. So it's exactly. it's warm-ish. It's like jacket, jacket and right t-shirt or a long sleeve shirt, maybe or maybe. thin jacket. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not bad. It's definitely not bad. Here, it's, I think it's two, <laughs> two or three. Yeah. Well, I'll be back there soon enough um, to enjoy. Certainly miss, certainly miss my family, but I'll uh, for sure. We'll miss the weather here. So, yeah. So, so we've got uh, a follow-up episode today to talk about case materials, and and this week we're going to go in the direction of precious metals, which mm -hmm. I think is something that we've become more and more interested in. Um, we are we are going to hit a couple news topics on a couple new watch releases that I think are are pretty interesting, and as always, we're going to kick things off with that Hengelenks controller. So, Balash. How are you yes. keeping warm? How are you keeping that small section of your wrist warm today? It, you're definitely not with a steel watch and a steel bracelet. That's not really. <laughs> the, but a few episodes ago, I can't remember when I talked about this Doxa package dynamics that I'm I was expecting at the time, mm. and that finally came in um, thanks to Doxa and Boris from Doxa, um, and I wanted to have uh, the sub. Uh, 300 the same one that we have um and the sub 200 as well with the aquamarine dial and they came and and after a bit of fight with the bracelet and resizing the bracelet um i'm absolutely in love with this color i have yeah. to say when first when i first saw this color when they initially you know released the, the, the first models i don't know when that was the edgiest of all because you're used to the orange one you're used to the, the yellow one you know the gray and the black yeah that's whatever but this aquamarine blue this kind of turquoise or whatever you want to call it blue yeah i was not sure about it but now and you know you have this watch i have this watch so i know the case how the case feels and and the bracelet and and all that stuff but i have to say with this style it's something different and cool different i mean And I really like it. Um, the sub 200 is still not my favorite, not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just when you have the sub 300 on the table, the sub 200 next to it is like always the second choice. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily uh, go with it. I wanted to try it on. I, you remember a few good few years ago in Basel World, we saw the, the, the prototype. Yes. When, it, when this was still a plan. And then I was like, wow, this is really cool. I still have pictures of that on my iPhone. I just found them a couple of days ago. But yeah, and they're, and they're nice and they're, they're lovely. I almost 
kick the microphone off. Um, but but the sub three hundred is really uh, is really something else. And I mean, <laughs> this watch is what's the retail twenty five hundred or so, a bit less than twenty five hundred on the, the bracelet for the three hundred. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I think fifteen for the sub two hundred, and uh, or let um, fifteen for the for the two hundred and two hundred and uh, two thousand five hundred twenty five hundred for the three hundred on the uh, on the bracelet, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. yeah I think I, I personally think the three hundred is 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 where I would always go with Doxa because it's just such a it's it's their it's what I think of when I think of their case design. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think the, uh, the, the color of the, um, uh, of the dial is, is pretty neat and I'm glad you're checking it out and I'm looking forward to see more pictures. I think the, um, the 200 I'm with you. I think it's a nice watch. Um, I don't find the case to be incredibly unique because it, it is a similar to what, like kind of the old um, the Omegas or Omega and the Turner. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a diver, just yeah. a regular round diver. And actually I was wrong. It's nine ninety. It's even better on the bracelet. Yeah. But that, Sub- but that makes it really, really good. And how does that 200 wear? I've, I don't think I've ever tried one on, honestly. So compared to the 300, I, I think the size is, is not much, smaller because i mean even if you look at the the details on on the website it says it's 42 millimeters and the uh the sub 300 is 42.5 so in terms of of size it's the same and if you give me one second i can tell you the the thickness of it because i have my tools here so the sub 200 is a 14.4 and the sub 300 is 13.7. Okay. So it's a bit thicker. Um, I have not resized the bracelet because it's a pain to do it. So I I, I kept it as is. Well, I, I think, um, you know, here again, the 200 is a nice deal. It's It's got a good name. And yeah. I think with Doxa offering six different dial color choices, it's hard not to find something that somebody, you know, wouldn't like, right? So it's nine fifty on the brace on on the rubber strap and nine ninety on a bracelet. So I think it's a it's a good deal, anyways, to get it on the bracelet and then maybe get a, a rubber strap or just whatever rubber strap as a secondary option. But um, yeah, in terms of price watch ratio, I think that's uh, that's a pretty good deal for a sub two hundred. But even for the sub three hundred. I mean, it's a totally different watch. You know it, and okay, that's two times the price, and then some. It's I would still go for that. I have to say, the sub three. It's really, really my thing. Um, and with this aquamarine dial, it's 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 really a watch that you don't see often. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah, I, obviously that color, or at least something in that shade, has has become the new it color. So. Absolutely. I think what what we w- would have thought of before as very niche or more beachy um, is, is having having its uh, time in the sun right now, literally. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, I wonder I wonder if Tox's orders for those have gone sort of through the roof in the last month or so. 
Well, this this is obviously why I, I asked for them, right? I mean, it's it's no secret that I wanted to see and I wanted to write about the the well the hype, if you will, of that color. So that's why I asked uh, asked the guys to send me some of those because I think um, the insanity, let's just call it this, that's happening with the with the Patek Tiffany dial because obviously that's the one we're talking about. It's just, I mean, listen, I don't want to talk about. Uh, this you know too much but when we're interviewing the guy who overpaid i don't know how much money for the first tiff i mean come on <laughs> anyways it's that's the that's the best you could do this article I, yeah i don't know it's it's not for me let's just put it this way you know to each his own but yeah i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> cool so that's the yeah that's the one I I really love the sub three hundred as I said I think it's a cool dial color um, and we'll see I wear it for nice. a few weeks and send it back so yeah but what are you sporting in the sun so I am wearing my Ming seventeen oh nine blue dial so that was um, that was here waiting and got to got to see it for the first time and I really like it. I, I should say not the first time I did do a review of a prototype, but uh, this is the watch that had some, there were some concerns on the whole um, hand alignment because mm-hmm. uh, Ming had uh, Schwartz Etienne do a modification to allow for a jumping hour. So you could set the time, you know, the first stop, you can jump the hour, hour by hour, and then pull it out a second stop and, you know, change just traditionally have the minutes uh, swing around and happy to say, I mean, it's been a week or so and I've worn it, you know, on and off for that week. Uh, no issues of, of any type. And it's a really nice watch. It, it fits really well. I think it's a, a really nice size and so far I'm really happy with it. Um, beautiful blue dial, beautiful deep blue dial, which, um, here in the sun, for example, just really has a lot going for it. So very pleased with it. And interestingly, uh, because I think people who had placed an order for the 1709, I can't remember the details, but because of the delays, because they wanted to go back and make sure the movement was correct, they offered a, a free strap. So they got a code and you could go on their store and just pick out a strap. So Mm-hmm. It came with like a dark blue kind of suede strap, which is really nice. And then I ordered a brown strap, which also looks really good. So, yeah, kind of fun thing to fun thing to arrive and and have that waiting here. So that's what I'm wearing today. Cool. So you're not wearing? Uh, Doesn't do you have a, a a rubber for that one? Or is I it do because back, you? I, I do back mm-hmm. at the house, yeah, in Germany, right. uh, yeah. and a bracelet. So. I'll try all that stuff. This will look good, I think, on the uh, Ming bracelet, actually. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a nice one. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, cool. So, let, let's hit a couple news points because there have we're, we're into watch release season. Season, I think, this week is mm-hmm. like the, uh, the LVMH type stuff. And we'll hit one of those pieces, I guess, under that umbrella. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to talk about, because the article got a lot of traffic and a lot of comments, um, is the new King Seiko collection. 
Yes. And yeah, and and these watches follow up uh, a limited edition watch that came out in late 2020. Uh, I believe there were 3,000 or so of these watches made, and it was a 3,500-year-old watch, which um, had a date, used uh, uh, one of Seiko's kind of mid-range automatic watches, and I would say it did okay. Um, a lot of people remarked that it was a very expensive watch, and the movement was sort of, I won't say pedestrian, but it was very common with other Seiko watches. And I think for, for people who really love the brand and the history of the brand, King Seiko is really just like a half shade below Grand Seiko as far as what that, what that uh, line meant in terms of precision. If, and If at all, huh? Yeah. And, and okay. I was informed by someone the other day that, you know, the, the story that the, King Seiko and Grand Seiko were competing wasn't actually true. That's sort of been handed down over time, but it wasn't actually the case. Um, but you did have the two factories of Seiko making these two high-end lines. And okay, if they weren't specifically um, trying to compete with each other, you know, they were two high-end options. And ultimately, I think Grand Seiko was was marketed as the slightly higher one, but Mm -hmm. regardless, I own a vintage one and the finishing is right up there with, with grand Seiko and the detailing and all that kind of thing. And the movements are are pretty epic as well. I have a high beat version. So Mm -hmm. in any case, coming back to the limited edition that came out in 2020 and now these, um, they are, kind of King Seiko more in name than they are in living up to what that old line was, but still doesn't stop this newest release from being, you know, a a group of of very attractive watches. So they came out with five different dial colors. Um, It's a stainless steel watch, 37 millimeters by 42 and a half and just a hair over 12 12 millimeters thick. Sapphire crystal, hundred meters of water resistance on a steel bracelet that unfortunately doesn't look like it tapers very much and it doesn't have any micro adjust, but 1700 euros. And what I think is a really attractive looking package, quite honestly. Um, yeah, I think Seiko is well-known for coming out with a lot of different watches. They have brought sizes down a bit over the last couple of years, but we hadn't really seen a, I don't know how I'd call it, kind of a dressier watch like this that obviously with 100 meters of water resistance can still kind of do whatever you want it to do. Um, No loom on the dial, so it is a bit dressier in that regard, but they haven't really come out with something like that in a long time that, that fits really nicely. And Kind of applaud them for this. This is a it's a really wearable looking watch. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of a fan. Yeah, especially in this price range. I mean, the one thing I, I guess we need to highlight is that the this King Cycle line or collection comes out under Cycle, not Grand Cycle, mm-hmm. right? So if Cycle represents the level or the quality that Cycle represents, and then Grand Cycle is 
obviously positioned above cycle right in at least in terms of quality and and precision and hence uh, price then this king cycle collection is within the cycle collection so it's probably you you expect it to be well, maybe not up to the quality of a, of a time only grand cycle piece or how, however you want to put it um whereas the vintage as you said, Grand Cycle models and the vintage King Cycle models were kind of head-to-head when it came to quality and precision. I also have a vintage one, as you know, because of you. Uh, the 5625, I think, is the one I have, which is also a, a high-beat um, um, version high, with high-beat movement. So, yeah, so case is very similar to that. Um, the design is is obviously a bit different because I think this one takes inspiration from this 1965 uh king cycle <clears throat> but in any case if you're looking for a grand cycle then obviously that's not for you mm, if you don't want that name on the dial or don't want to pay that that price then then this is a a wonderful option uh and you have five dial colors as you said uh although the the, the white ones the silver ones pretty much the same in pictures um but yeah, thousand seven hundred euros. It's a it's a on a bracelet for this new King Cycle. It's a it's a very fair price and lovely watches. I, I love to see them in real life, obviously. But just judging by the photos and and you know knowing how the vintage watch feels on my wrist and this is this is bigger. Uh, that's what is the vintage? Maybe thirty five or so. This is thirty seven, yeah. so it's a hair bigger than that. I think it's a marvelous collection. Yeah, I, the, the the complaining that came out in there was uh, the use of the 6R31 movement, which is not an incredibly uh, high-accuracy movement. I think it's got like the plus-minus 25-second type uh, timing, and I, and I agree. That's nothing spectacular. Um, people, people were looking for something more... Um, and and especially because this movement finds itself in Seiko Presage watches that are, you know, hundreds of euros less. And I get that. I think what what I'm anxious to see is the finishing on this watch. At least from the pictures, it looks pretty pretty fantastic. So I think to your point, is this really gonna be Seiko's opportunity to show something different, different in finishing at the top of the Seiko line, um, and that's how it's going to differentiate itself. The other thing is, I, I I think they wanted to keep these watches below that two thousand mark, um, mm-hmm. so that probably necessitated the use of the movement. Now, I wrote in the article uh, would have been neat to see a manual wine version, just because that's more in keeping with the vintage. But I also know that day to day. You know, it's people like us who would like that. Most people don't. And yeah. the other thing that maybe would have been neat, and I sort of forgot to mention in the article, would it would have been neat maybe if they had taken that movement and added a few positions of adjustment or something like that just to differentiate it a little bit from the pressage models that use use that movement. But here again, I think probably for company Seiko's size to do some sort of work yeah. on it, we'd be talking about a different price range. Yeah, exactly. Then you're talking Grand Cycle prices, and you could you could also think about the the gold medallion on the case back, right? And that probably adds 
a couple hundred, maybe. Yeah, hundred, easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the movement. So then, then, then we're talking, yeah, three, four k maybe, and then, then it's then it's uh, grand cycle money. No, I mean, as I said, overall, I I like them. I like the vintage ones as well. I love this this case shape. I love the design. I love the hands. It's the simplicity of the of the dial and the the overall simplicity, basically, of the of the the, the collection, the the timepieces. So. I think it's a great release. It's a strong release from Psycho. Yeah, a little bit unexpected and mm-hmm. something different. So um, moving on to the other one we wanted to talk about. So Zenith has been pretty busy. Um, they they dropped a couple weeks ago a sort of a reissue of the, I guess it was like the original Defy from, the, uh, from 1969. So the... A3642, uh, so they're calling it the Defy Re- Revival, and there will be 250 pieces at $7,000. Um, that's not the watch that I really wanted to discuss today, although I think that was kind of a neat a neat piece. Um, just here again, unexpected, but it really set the table for what is now a serial production line within the Defy uh, category and that is the defy skyline um mm-hmm. these are let's just call it the latest entry by a luxury watch manufacturer in that integrated bracelet uh genre which is yeah. blue <laughs> dial yeah I mean, not not only blue but this blue dial integrated bla- bracelet is, <laughs> we've certainly, seen this one before yeah it's certainly calling out to those who love the the Royal Oak or the Nautilus or something like that. And yeah. I have to tell you, I really like these. Um, I saw them. I might've been flying over here and I didn't get back to it for another day or two. And then I spent a little time this past weekend looking at these more closely and I, I find them really attractive. It's uh, a little bit, different than what the other brands are offering because it does have a petite seconds at the nine o'clock. But I don't know if you notice this detail. This, this watch uses the, um, uses an El Primero movement. So it is running at 36,000 and therefore that little sub seconds over at nine o'clock, the hand goes around every 10 seconds spinning like crazy yeah yeah uh which is pretty wild um yeah this is new this is something that the alpine eagle won't have or the royal oak won't have or any of those integrated bracelet blue dial watches won't have yeah my only problem with this watch and and any of these watches we just mentioned is exactly that they all look the same or they all follow the same pattern but of course there's 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 nothing new under the sun maybe there should be i don't know um it's a it's a very handsome watch. I I can't say it's not. Um, I like the the overall design. Um, and if you look at all the other Zenith Defy pieces, then it fits perfectly into this line. So it's not really a a, a, a copycat or a wannabe or you whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> it really fits into that design family. Yet we have to we have to mention that uh, sure it has yeah, some that, that's some DNA there from another brand 
but uh, you can remove the bracelet, which is a cool thing. You have this quick release for the bracelet, so you can swap between uh, straps and bracelets, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, as you said, it's a 36,000 VPH movement with 60 hours of power reserve, which is quite a lot, right? 100 meters water resistance. That's okay. It should be. And it's, uh, according to Zenit, it's only 41 millimeters. So it's one teeny tiny millimeter smaller than the average, I would say, yeah. or the the regular size, whatever regular is these days. I guess it's 42, probably, or even bigger. Um, what's the price on this again? So in dollars, it's $8,400, uh, which is not inexpensive, but... You know, I was reading some comments on some different sites about this, and people were aghast at the price. And I'm thinking, this has an in-house movement, which, okay, you can argue this way or that, but it's it's an El Primero, which I just think is always, uh, I don't know, I feel like sometimes Zenith doesn't get the, get the love or the credit that it should because it's such a cool movement. For those who have never... You were just talking about your King Seiko, but for those people who've never held or worn a high beat movement, it's really, it's cool. It's just something cool, the way that hand moves around, you know? Yeah. But 85 is, is steep. Yeah, it's not I little money. It isn't. It's almost like Rolex money, if you well, could get a Rolex. Yeah, and I think that's the complaint. It's very similar to a um, to a Datejuster or something mm. like that. and. You know, you're not getting one of those um, right. very easily. And right. like this, I was, I was looking, I think it's like 12 millimeters thick. It's 46 lug to lug. And I think probably really wearable. Um, so I'll look forward to trying one on. I, I think um, all in all, you know, between this and the, uh, you know, the, the, the releases last year, Uh, the Chronomaster Sport and the Chronomaster Original. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that Zenith has one of the best collections going um, in the last couple of years. They've really put a lot of effort into shoring things up, and I think, yeah, looks really good. So, mm -hmm. I'm uh, as some have have stated though, there's they're not that easy to find. You know, there are not a ton of Zenith ads out there, so. Uh, we've got one in Frankfurt, but there are a lot of places that are, you know, even decent sized cities that don't have them. So getting out to see them is a challenge. I don't think getting one uh, is a challenge if you get there. Although I was reading the other day that the Chronomaster Sport, which is the one with the ceramic bezel, is actually pretty tough to find. To be honest, I have no experience with that. Uh, I, I can imagine, but um I guess it's maybe because the the interest is not on the level of a, on Omega or, or Rolex or anything like that. Yeah, I, well, guess. I, I don't know how many watches they actually make. I mean, I don't think they're really as large as, as some of the other brands as far as output. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm pleased with the release. I like I like their collection, and every time I hold a new Zenith, I'm pretty impressed with the with the quality and the finishing. Which I mean, you should be for the price, right? So, but uh, uh, a real, I, I think, a fair competitor to all those brands in that price range uh, to consider. 
So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, we had some other releases from AP, which kind of overshadowed probably this one and also HYT and the uh, indie scene and some others. So, as you said, this is a, a new watch release season, at least for LVMH and, and a few other brands. And, well, you know, we need to uh, mention that... Um, Watches and Wonders is coming in mm-hmm. less than two. It's about two months, right? Because it's end yep. of end of May, as uh, end of March. Sorry, early April. So I guess slowly but steadily, the everybody's gonna pick up pace, and and new things will will start to appear. So yeah, yeah, we have we probably have pr- plenty of ammo to to talk about in the next episodes. Absolutely, and you know, on the AP front, I haven't really digested all the all the news about you know how they've changed that or or just uh continued to evolve that uh royal oak but mm. apparently in the uh press release the uh the leader for for ap made the comment that it is their goal to produce enough so that all buyers have an opportunity to get one uh, what do you think about that well if that's what he said, that's that's cool. Um, yeah. I, but it sounds a bit like shooting yourself in the foot with a comment. Well, we'll see, right? <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah, how you just I mean, magically make more, right? But you think they would be doing that already, or I don't know, maybe they've invested in something over the last several months that will suddenly see more on the marketplace. But sounds uh, sounds tough to me. Yeah, and you know you need to know uh, him to know what mm. kind of a guy he is, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's just let's just leave it at that. We'll see. But if if that's actually what's going to happen, that that it's cool. Yeah. If they really, you know, if if um, demand is not going to be an issue, I mean, supply for the demand is not going not going to be an issue. Yeah. Then then yeah, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess time will tell. Absolutely. So let's let's get on to um, the main part of our show where we talk about mm-hmm. materials again. And today we wanted to talk about gold, yeah, and platinum. So and platinum, yeah. So so Balash, talk to me about gold and what you think about gold. Right. So I think the when we think of gold or gold watches or gold cases, the the most obvious. Um, models or 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 types of cases would be gold plated or gold capped watches right from the 50s 60s and 70s and whatnot uh, 10 micron 20 micron 60 80 micron plated uh, cases from omega and 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 whatever other brand also gold capped cases and and things like that but very rarely do you you see a a, a solid gold case i mean obviously they are there but they're they're often overpriced uh, I think which is a bit silly because many of these little dive watches have or I'm sorry dive watches dress watches have like a, a 15 20 gram case and if you think about it if you do the math and try to to uh, look at the price of uh, of scrap gold 20 grams is is nowhere near to the price that they're asking for these pieces mm-hmm. but but they're lovely watches um, and of course you have the modern gold watches which is a completely different ball game when it comes to price. Because you're not talking about 800,000, 1,500 
we're talking about five digit numbers and, and up, right? Depending on obviously the model, depending on the complication, depending on the bracelet, or if you want it on a bracelet or a strap, or if you wanted a bracelet, then we're not talking 10 or 50 and we're talking rather 25, 30 grand. Um, and that's one thing. And then the other thing is the tone or the, the color, the gold that, that or the type of gold that your, your, your watch is made of. Is it rose gold? Is it yellow gold? Um, I, I personally don't necessarily like gold for the fact that it looks silly on me, on my on my skin tone. I I don't think it looks good on me. There are certain people or certain skin tones that look where gold looks much better. I think, but there is definitely something cool about a gold watch, right? The gold case that is that is undeniable. That yeah, a gold day just or day date or 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 a Speedmaster for that matter, or even a 60s little uh, Omega DeVille or whatever the case may be, that's, there's some heft to it. It's 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 a bit heavier. It's a bit, um, yeah, it's it's just different. Different feel on the wrist than, than, than steel or, 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 yeah, titanium. Absolutely. Uh, I think we've mentioned it, although it's probably in the last couple of years, even when RJ and I would do a podcast now and then, uh, something changed, you know, as we got a little bit older, uh, just started to, to like it. Whereas 10 years ago, I used to look at, at gold watches and think they were a little bit, you know, cheesy is not the right word, but they just weren't, they just weren't interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like the color um, for most of my adult life, I would say yellow gold has not been in vogue. It's been more white gold or silver or something like that. And something changed. I I think that I just grew to appreciate them. And there was a period where, you know, gold was, st- was, was actually somewhat affordable in some models. It's almost like people didn't want it. And uh, of course you're right. You don't see a lot of it in vintage. I think a lot of it was scrapped and melted down during mm-hmm. um, one of the big gold rises 30 odd years ago and 30, 40 years ago. But there is something nice about it. And to your point, it feels different on the wrist. It's heavier. Uh, the other thing is, you know, gold is one heck of a conductor and it does get warm uh, on the wrist, not like hot, but it. I think it adjusts to your it meets your body temperature pretty quickly and everything from the sound when you take it off and put it on the table, uh, the way it resonates, uh, the way the movement sounds inside of it, it's different than steel. So if you're, if you're a watch person who has been nothing but steel watches for the last 10 or 15 years, these little, and, and you're a person who notices little differences like bezel clicks and whatnot, you're the kind of person who would notice the difference with a gold watch. And I think, you know, the other thing I don't love about them is just the sort of feeling of personal security. They are flashier. And, you know, you mentioned there are some very hallmark models. Like I think the day date, the president, for example, is, is one of the most well-known and you can see that bracelet from a mile away. So certainly (laughs) it, it can make you feel a little insecure if you're in a in a spot where maybe you shouldn't be wearing something like that. Or if you want to be low key, like in a business meeting or something, if that makes sense. Yeah. But 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's uh, it could be an age thing as well, as you said. And yeah, I mean, I have a few, not a lot, but but then I have gold plated watches, and I mean, I'm used to the look, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, gold plated and gold watches they kind of look the same. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm, and that's what I said. Like, it's not really for me. It's not my style because I, I just don't like it uh, on my on my wrist or the, against the tone of my skin. But but I definitely appreciate uh, the fact when you wear one, it it feels a, a tiny bit different than a, than a regular one. And I picked two two gold watches, like we did last time when we picked the steel, uh, not steel, but titanium and and ceramic and carbon watches. Um. And I'm curious what what you think about them. Um, the first one I picked is um, I think it's a recent um, model, only came out last year, if I'm correct. And I think that's maybe one of the coolest models on the market right now. And that's the Black Bay 58 18 karat gold, oh, yeah. which is fifteen thousand six hundred euros. So it's mm-hmm. a it's not cheap, right? Definitely not cheap. But for fifteen thousand, having a gold case uh t- diver uh, with a gold uh, buckle strap um that's that's an okay price for a for a precious metal watch granted it's green which is some people complain that it's uh, very similar to the to the the Tudor Herod's watch uh, that came out uh, a good few years ago um i think it that's a bit of a of a stretch because the Herod's is steel and it has a I think it's a black dial but a green bezel um but overall it's a it's a beautiful watch I love the look the green bezel green dial gold case as I said a leather strap with a gold buckle or uh also comes in a complementary strap like a like a nylon strap um in-house movement 39 millimeter yellow gold case and uh 15,610 euros in in Germany, yeah, great pick. I when, when okay. I bought my silver, they had one of those in the window at the shop, and I should have taken it out, but I, I didn't. But I did take some time looking at it f- through the glass, and it's a really attractive watch. I think uh, it got a lot of heat because it's like, hey, what is Tudor doing coming out with a watch like this? Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, certainly I've talked about it with some friends that, you know, it's set a new ceiling for Tudor. And I think that even if they don't make or sell many of those, if you're a person who is going to buy a watch and you see that that company offers a watch that costs that much, you probably think more highly of the three or $4,000 watch you're buying from them because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a halo watch, right? It, it just sort of says, oh, well, that's what they're they're in that market too. So yeah, it's like buying the small BMW knowing that they make one for 200,000 euros. Right. Um, yeah. It's still part of that, that family. And I think part it was of the a club. cool yeah. move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And honestly, compare it to the price of a gold Submariner, which I realize you can't buy in strap, but it's a, it's, it's, it's in the Rolex family and mm-hmm. yet you're, it's still relatively reasonable. I also, I haven't checked like what's, I don't, I don't know the price of like the 300 M in gold from Omega. Um, Good question. Probably a bit more because it also comes in a bracelet, right? 
Yeah, but I think they've also got um, they've also got it on. I could be wrong, but that is um, yeah, about thirty five or so. Yeah, I'll check in the background here while we're talking. But it's uh, I I I think the uh, I think the tutor is a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good choice. I can't say that I've seen one yet, but I have seen people. Uh, you know, mention that they like it and mm-hmm. are interested in buying it. So, yeah, I tried it on uh, during Dubai Watch Week when we went to the Tudor. Uh, oh, okay, so you did one, one morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Uh, we went and and I and I tried it on. Um, yeah, it's it 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 feels good on the wrist uh i i i like the look again it, it's the gold and and my skin that it's a bit funny but overall it was a it was a great uh, great experience trying it on we also i also tried on the the mn as well we talked about this in the last episode so um and a bunch of other pieces and i think as i said 15000 is 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 an okay price for what you're what you're getting especially if you consider that that zenith was 8000 and this is seven more but it's a big chunk of gold on your wrist mm. well and and not that we're saying omega is the counterpart of tudor because i think omega is more like rolex but just to give you an example the uh, 300m uh, blue dial uh, looks like it's set in a gold on rubber is mm-hmm. 24,300 right. right so that's dollars but okay probably somewhat similar in euros so you know mm-hmm. probably a, it's like another step ahead right it's 50 percent more expensive so yeah i mean i think the tutor offers a sort of this uh strange value play for a gold watch from a company that a lot of people think is uh feel is uh aspirational so cool move mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so what, what's your first pick for gold? um so i picked um a dressier watch actually even though <laughs> i've always said my one of my favorite watches that i'd love to own is a is a vintage uh, Submariner in gold. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I chose something a bit more findable, and even though it's a limited edition watch, um, it is the Grand Seiko SB GW two six four, which uh, is part of their Elegance collection. So it's kind of an elliptical case shape, and I've tried these on, and they're really nice. They fit beautifully. This one happens to have a uh, a green, like a very bold green engraved dial. So didn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean to go green against your green balash, but <laughs> here it is. It's uh I guess green mil- just matches gold. Yeah, I, I think it works well. Uh mm. 39 millimeters, 44 uh millimeter lug to lug. And you know, we haven't really talked about variations of gold like white or or whatever. This one happens to be rose gold. Uh mm-hmm. Manual wine movement, the 9S64, which is a really nice movement, and comes on crocodile leather. So <clears throat> that retails 120 pieces for $24,000. And Grand Seiko makes this case in gold with uh, the manual wine spring drive movement, uh, make it in a lot of other materials as well. But I like this green dial. I think it's really cool. And I think that this watch has the uh it, it's it's maybe not as distinctive a case design as some of their more angular 
pieces, but I just think it's very elegant, um, which makes sense because it's part of the elegance collection. Elegance collection. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's right. uh, that's my pick there. That's a wonderful watch. I I, I truly love the the combination of this this dial, this uh, pattern of the dial and the color with the rose gold. And as you said, indeed, the the Tudor is yellow gold. This is rose gold. I think white gold is an interesting material, but it's very similar to steel or to platinum in looks so that's why it's maybe not that interesting to talk about right now but but this one is a is a beautiful watch and uh, as you said the movement is so exquisite if you look at the pictures of the decoration and and i mean the overall it's this is wonderful i have to say one of my favorite lines is the the or or collections the elegance collection from grand cycle and um there's really a lot to choose from right when it comes to grand cycle but i I really like this this collection, this case shape. It's um, I love the uh, the SBGK009 uh, mm. with the power reserve and the the bracelet. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, bracelet. I mean, power reserve under three, three o'clock, and then the seconds at the nine o'clock. Um, so this case shape is is just just great. And these are huge watches, right? I mean, they I mean, well, they're not necessarily big, but they feel large. It's thirty nine, but it looks much bigger on the wrist. So it's a Beautiful piece, very elegant, very classy. And the fact that it's limited edition to only 120 pieces so it will uh, it always adds to the to the value. But then we're talking 24000 versus $24,000, which is what, let's say, 22 euros versus 15 euros. So again, yeah, a bit more expensive, but uh, limited edition. Um, I probably would say the quality in Grand Cycle is, is much higher than, than, than Tudor's. So it's understandable. It's a bit expensive. Um, I also picked the Grand Cycle for my for my second one, um, funnily enough, and very similar in terms of reference number to yours. And mine is the SBGW, like yours, 252. Yours is the mm. 264, mine is the 252, which is um, not a new watch. It's a 2018 uh, model, if I remember correctly, and that's the... The, it's a manual wind model. It was a re-edition or the recreation of the first Grand Cycle in in eighteen karat gold, um, and this is more. I guess the shape is more classic with a round, just a round case and and long lugs, and uh, Grand Cycle on the dial with the 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 the, the DioShock twenty four jewels uh, movement. Um, marking at the six o'clock, so it's a very simple, I guess, piece in a way. Very classic, very classic. classic. Piece, right? Yeah, yeah, super elegant. It has a full case back with the with the Grand Cycle medallion on the back, um, Cycle gold buckle, brown uh, um, crocodile, I think crocodile strap. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they also did this in was it in white gold? Uh, is it white gold or platinum? Or platinum. With the blue like, dial? Is this the one you're... That was one in the white dial, or the silver dial, or the white okay. dial. Um, yeah, but we're talking about the the, the 18 karat gold version. So that's uh, that's also uh, a pretty pretty classy piece, 38 millimeters, 10.7 millimeter thick. So roughly the same size as the one you picked. And uh, it's a simple time only watch. There's no... With a central seconds hand, there's no date, no nothing, um, uh, and it's also limited. I can't remember the number of, mm. of how many pieces, but 
again, this was a um, um, a re-edition or or to commemorate the first Grand Cycle uh, models from back in the day. Yeah. So uh, apparently, Cycle has some crazy gold watch game. <laughs> they do, and uh, yeah, re- really attractive pieces. I, I think uh, I'm always amazed when I go check out the Elegance collection. There's always something new that I'm like, oh. Don't remember that one coming out um so and, and yeah to go see them in person which i have seen some of these at the boutique in frankfurt the dials are amazing just amazing so mm. fun to try on for sure um mm. so i'll pick uh this is probably strangely the lowest cost uh of our four that we chose here uh okay. i chose a a, a patek philippe and the watch I chose is one that I wrote about on Risk Game just because I was thinking about it. And this is a watch, strangely, I've always loved. And I remember seeing them new. And like many things, I should have bought some years ago when they were six or 7,000. Now they seem to be about 10 to 12,000 euros. But the watch is the, the Patek Philippe Gondolo 5014. And I tend to like um, they use this case with a with a number of types of dials. I prefer the models with the Art Deco numerals. They have a uh, a big three, nine, and twelve, and they made these, I believe, in white gold, yellow gold, and if I'm not mistaken, rose gold. So mm-hmm. this is a rectangular watch. It is not big. It is twenty seven and a half by thirty five millimeters. So it is not big at all. Mm. Um, these are from the nineties. I think they might've made them into the early two thousands. Uh, again, I still remember seeing these at Tourneau in New York city at the old time machine, which I guess is just reopened. Uh, I believe who bought Tourneau was a Booker, I believe. Mm, so could be, a- I, I think so. And I think they just reopened that store. Um, Patek or Patek or however we're calling them these days uh, was on the top floor with all the other really fancy brands and I still remember these staring back and there I was like a just graduated from college person and <clears throat> these $10,000 watches are staring back at me with you know no chance at me looking yeah. at something like that uh, but I, 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 I'm, I don't own a, a Patek and this one is has always been high up on my list. I, I don't care which metal. I would probably say I'd go white gold or rose gold if I found one, not yellow. But yeah, really kind of a neat watch. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a Cartier tank style case. It is, or, yeah, or one of those, as you said, Art Deco uh, era small uh, square cases. Like um, what are those? Some of the brands that. That made them like Buren made these, maybe Hamiltons mm-hmm. and um, God knows who else. Um, so it's a very, very elegant, very small, very classy design. And yes, the 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 version that you talk about. So I have one in front of me, which is in white gold with the black dial and the three, nine, and twelve large numerals, and then the huge uh, uh, continuous seconds hand uh, seconds subdial at six o'clock. So it's um, 
it's a small watch, a very elegant watch. So it's actually a, a great pick, and it's probably one of those sleepers, right? Like a sleeper Patek, if you will. And then if you search for the the reference number of 5014, the amount of different case and dial designs you see is just just mind-blowing. I mean, you see yeah. rose gold, yellow gold with large Arabic numerals, with large Roman numerals, with only three numerals, with black dial, with white dial, uh, gold case with gold dial. So a lot of a lot of versions. And I think, I mean, I don't know. They, they obviously small, as you said, 26 by 35 or something. But on the wrist, yes, they don't look big, but I guess they don't look big compared to modern standards. But when you wear a suit, then sure. then this is a really classy piece. Probably not a not a polo shirt and jeans type of watch, but but if you want an elegant watch for the office or for the opera, or whatever the case may be, then then this is a super sweet watch indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I'm looking at a really nice yellow gold version of it uh, with an Art Deco dial, uh, all box and papers for just on you know literally 11,000 euros and it's coming mm. from your country. There you go. Buda Ors. Buda Ors, yeah. Yeah. Private seller? Private seller from his collection. There you go. So, classy people from Hungary. Might have to get you to call and see if you can uh, help negotiate that down for me. So. Not a problem. Not <laughs> a problem. We can we can even do a pickup. Cool. Well, moving on from gold, we go mm-hmm. to another material and this one is more expensive heavier Mm -hmm. and the color of steel yeah somewhat under the radar isn't it yes it is so what do we what do we have platinum yeah it's the it's the it's if you know you know type of watch isn't it absolutely Uh, you know the style color Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah platinum I have um, so the first one that's on my list is something I think we talked about in the past, and I'm not sure you were there, right? When we had a look at these speedies back in the day at Basel World on the first floor of the Omega booth, I remember RJ was there, G2 was there, um, Bert, maybe you and me, and I mm-hmm. was there for sure, and uh, we had a look at the Speedmaster. Moon face coaxial master chronometer watches. Ooh, yeah. So uh, this is the uh, platinum. That was platinum on a platinum bracelet. I think this is the what I have. The one I have in front of me is the platinum on leather strap, and uh, the reference number is the three hundred four dot ninety three dot forty four dot fifty two dot ninety nine dot zero zero four. There's a bunch of versions. Yeah, it's a long number. Sorry about that. So there's a bunch of versions. Uh, there's with the green bezel, the black, uh, sorry, the red bezel, the blue bezel, and yada yada yada. This is the blue version. I, okay. I love this blue. It has a platinum case. It has a platinum dial. As I said, it's a um, moon phase chronometer chronograph. So you have a moon phase at six o'clock, and then you have a, a nine and the three o'clock sub dials, and the open case back with an automatic. Um, movement 44.2 millimeters and the price is um, a whopping 52,900 euros Mm. so this is serious money 
So I see one of these on, I see the burgundy version. Yes. On Chrono 24 for 38,000 euros in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I always liked this watch. I, I, yeah, I remember when we saw these and I particularly remember that strap because RJ and I called Omega and they were kind enough to, if I'm not mistaken, this lug width was 21 or 22. So they made us some twenties to put on the uh, gold Apollo 11 50th anniversary, which looked really nice mm-hmm. with that bezel. Uh, but yeah, th- these were pretty impressive. And um, where else did we see one of these? I want to say London. No, I, I'm not sure what, what I remember is that we saw these on the bracelet, as I said, on the platinum bracelet, and it was uh, it was a half a kilo. <laughs> the watch yeah. with the bracelet, with the platinum case, the platinum dial, it's it's literally a half a kilo. And of course, and we need to mention that uh, the price is not only because of the of the platinum case, but because of the the, the indexes, mm. which are gemstones on 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 each and every uh, version, like the burgundy, the green one. I mean, um, uh, in in this one, which is the the blue one, you have this 18 karat white gold indexes, uh, which are set with with uh, baguette cut diamonds. Wow. So uh, yeah, this is a yeah. this is a special watch. Pretty impressive, and yeah, I mean, the good thing is though, if you spend all that money, it's like you also get a lifetime gym membership if you wear it every day, right? <laughs> yeah, at least <laughs> at least for your for your wrist, whichever wrist you're you're sporting yeah. it on. But gotta, uh, gotta yeah, these... switch it every other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then do leg days, and then you put it on your ankle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's cool my piece. first pick. Thank you. That's my it's my uh uh I wouldn't say that's my wish list speedy, but uh that's definitely a, a very interesting and uh awesome watch. So what is your what is your platinum first platinum watch? Yeah, so I guess just a first a word about the stuff I I have my uh my wedding ring is made of platinum and I kind of wanted it. Uh I like it because mm. of the heft and it's pretty durable stuff. It's not very, it's not soft, and there's just kind of as you said, it, it is one of those stealthy materials. So it it sort of feels like you're wearing quality on your on your wrist or finger or whatever wherever you have platinum. But other people don't really know what it is. Uh, so I've always been drawn to it, and I don't think uh, I think it's just sheer luck that the watch I really the paddock that i love is made of platinum um it could be made out of white gold and i'd love it just the same it just adds to the allure that it's platinum uh but it is the 5196p calatrava Mm. which um manual wine small seconds and has the applied breguet or breguet numerals and this watch takes uh from I say it was um oh i cannot remember the seller but he had a collection of three of these like um i don't know if it was steel or white gold then rose gold and yellow gold three of these 40s calatravas the diameters were smaller and i remember them selling at phillips or something for just crazy money and i i'm not a massive fan of vintage I'm, I'm not a 
massive fan of the brand. I like them. I'm just not a huge, uh, not overly knowledgeable. I also just have just never gotten them in, into them, but I always liked this style. And to find out that there's a modern version, you know, this Calatrava with the applied numerals, uh, I've always liked this. And <laughs> unfortunately, um, prices have gone nowhere but up in the last uh, years. And it's not, you know, on the secondary market, the prices are essentially the same as retail they used to be a little bit below i feel like they're basically just holding it par but they're um they now retail in america for forty thousand eight hundred and ten dollars which is mm. just an astounding amount of money for for a dress watch that you know even if i try to justify it i, I just can't I, I just wouldn't just be a beautiful object and i'd wear yeah. it every so often i think it's strangely plain enough that you could pair it with a lot of different straps and actually dress it down a little bit. But is that really what you want to do with this? I, I don't, yeah. I don't think you want to wear it in the yeah. kind of situation where you're going to smack it into something. Um, and I think RJ actually had in the office the other week, the white gold version, which has more like baton numerals. Um, and he said it's actually a bigger watch than you'd think, the the lug to lug. So he, he was kind of surprised. And I've not looked Balash at I guess it would be maybe ten or, or fifteen or twenty years ago versions of the Calatrava, but they were smaller, like thirty-five or so. And I feel like there you can get a really nice deal. They didn't have this dial, but I could probably find a nice white gold version that's smaller and know, save a good, uh, 25 or 30,000, you know? So mm. that could be an option. Yeah. And if you go up 10,000, you can get the Speedmaster. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a more interesting watch. And when you have 40,000 for a platinum Patek, you have 50 for a platinum Speedmaster as well. It's, it's and, absolutely uh, true. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't, you shouldn't be looking at watch like this, right? <laughs> exactly. If you need to ask the price, you don't have enough money to buy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a classy piece. I, I, I was thinking about the strap uh, option or, or swapping straps, as you said, because it comes on this crocodile strap, which is, I think, the the ugliest version of mm-hmm. this fancy straps because it's a shiny black crocodile and and there's nothing. It, it's so '90s to me this strap, but imagine putting it this one on a vintage like a side stitch strap that would be just awful. You know, it's like a a lange on a NATO strap. <laughs> you would yeah. not do that. You shouldn't do that. But uh, but yeah, it's I've, a, seen, it's a, mm-hmm. I've seen people put it like on that. What do they call that? That Safiano leather. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it looks nice. Different. Looks mm-hmm. really good, and you exactly. can you can add like a light blue or something that mm-hmm. you know adds a little bit of character to it, and it looks good. Uh, yeah, Safiano leather, Epsom leather, the the the, the leathers that um, that MS uses, for example, for their for their bags. I think those actually. I don't want to hijack this topic and make it a strap podcast, but I think that's the new, uh, that's the new crocodile strap. Mm-hmm. Epsom. It's cheaper as well, but in terms of looks and classiness, I think to at least to me they appeal much more than than crocodile. Yeah, and, I think. Well, you know, I've seen my fair share of crocodiles and alligators, and I like them. You can really make nice ones, but Epsoms are better. I yeah, think. I think I think it takes a watch like this and makes it a little more versatile or yeah, modern, if you will. Yeah, and and just more to the 
tastes of, of clothing these days. So, yeah, so that that's my first platinum pick. You got another one? Hmm. Yeah, how can I top that? Well, with another Patek. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's a it's a bit boring because huh? we only pick uh, cycles and gold watches and Pateks in in platinums. But um, so my one of my favorite models is the fifty nine seventy from Patek, and and the thirty nine seventy as well. But but um, modern version would be the fifty nine seventy, or our modern esque. It's from two thousand and ten. So there's the reference fifty nine seventy P, which is this uh particularly uh grand complication basically from 2010 and um well boy that's that there's a lot going on on that dial so uh it's a grand complication it's a perpetual calendar chronograph uh so it it comes in this platinum case obviously with the uh and case back with the sapphire crystal and uh, on the case back and and uh, sapphire crystal on the front and it's only 40 millimeters so it's not a big watch right um interestingly enough if you look at the the movement of the caliber it's called patek philippe ch27 now a ch27 is uh is uh yeah exactly a very classy piece i think and as i said the 5970 is my favorite not in not in in platinum but also in gold or or um, but I wouldn't say no to the platinum one either. <laughs> um, by the way, it's not launched in Slemania. It's the tw- CH27, like like the Omega ah, uh, yeah, 320 yeah, yeah, one yeah. is based on. Yes, yeah. sorry. That, yeah, it's the LeCroix 27. Um, so it's a Lemania-based movement uh, from 2010. Um, but that's just a that's just a side note. So it's a it's a it's a. I have, to me, it's a wonderful watch. The black uh, dial. With the white numerals and indexes and this this uh, silver looking right, it's a white gold case. It's very um, again under the radar with a, a ton of characters all over the case and obviously the chronograph pushers and the crown and whatnot. Um, it reminds me of those classic uh, Patek chronos from the forties and fifties, you know, that you mm-hmm. see popping up on Philips auctions and and antiquariums and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, the price is, uh, is, uh, well, w- relative, right? When we're talking about, we're talking about these super complications or grand complications, it's never a, a five digit figure. This is about 300,000 euros and up. So it's not in the million dollar range yet or million euro range yet, but it's, it's a very expensive watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's just beautiful. No loom on the dial. So don't look for it. You cannot uh, check the time uh, while you're in the theater until the intermission comes. But I guess, hey, you don't, don't need think, to see the time. Yeah, I think when you want to watch like this, time yeah. is sort of, uh, yeah. well, you, you hire somebody to tell you the time, don't you? Exactly. You're not going to look at the time so you can catch the tram home. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, cool yeah. pick. Cool pick. Thank you. Um I'm probably going to end things with the with, with the least imaginative pick and probably one that, well, if we'd had Robert Chown on here, he would have picked this in the gold section. Um, <laughs> but it's the uh, it's the Day-Date. Uh, nice. I, uh, I do like a platinum Day-Date. And what's amazing here is that I, we're looking and I don't see 
a day date any longer in 36 millimeter on the Rolex site. It looks like only 40. And mm-hmm. I just don't care for the 40 millimeter date chest or day date profile. To me, it looks like it's no longer in proportion. Um, and therefore, I'm looking at a 36 millimeter platinum day date here on Chrono 24. It is uh, reference 118206. And interestingly, this watch has uh, Roman numerals. It has like a light blue dial, which is sort of typical for Rolex if you're seeing platinum as light blue, sort of like the Daytona. This lists at 34,000 euros, which is no small amount of money. On the other hand, um, I was looking the other day and the day date, for example, I believe in gold um, is now over that for brand new. So, hmm. you know, I, 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 I think that the platinum versions, so white gold, for example, starting at... 39,850. So you can get a platinum version for less than a new white gold uh, 36 millimeter date just. And I think that's kind of neat. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess new day dates generally don't hold their value. Um, you know, the second they walk out of the showroom mm. and I, I don't know these days, it was always a watch that you could have a little bit of a discussion with the, uh, with the salesperson on the, because there's uh, these precious metals pieces just don't move as quickly. Those that might be different these days because there aren't any Rolexes in any stores. So clearly somebody's buying them and presumably yeah. not for a discount, but I, I think the platinum version is neat. I, I must say going back to gold, I also like the white gold day just or day date. I think it's just stealthy and, uh, the fact that they don't make a steel version, okay, if you know know the watches, you know it's got to be precious metal of some sort. Uh, I just think it's, yeah, a little more little more practical than a bright yellow or rose gold version. Mm. And this is the, the the ice blue dial is yeah. what, you, what you're talking about. I mean, if you look at that, Chrono 24, I mean, these watches are usually 70-something thousand euros and up. Um, around 77, 78, you start to see them more often. Funnily enough, 99% of the time from U.S. dealers. I mean, mm-hmm. There's other other color, dial colors, but the cheapest one is, uh, what is that, 71 from the U.S. and then 72 from the U.S. and then 77, 77, 78, et cetera, et cetera, all from, from U.S. and all, all 40 millimeters, some with Roman dials, Roman numerals, uh, some with, with uh, just uh, stick indexes. Yep. Um, I have to say it's not my type of watch. I'm not really a fan of the 40 millimeter day date. I, I'm 40, uh, 36 all day. And as you said, uh, if RJ was here, he would probably ch- choose the, the gold version. Um, but there's something special about a day date, right? I mean, that's undeniable yeah. that those are, those are, those are watches that are, even if it's a nice blue dial, even if it's uh, 40 millimeters, nah, okay, I'd still wear it. Yeah, it, it would. And, and cool. here again, I mean, I've tried the 36 on the Platinum. 
it is one heavy, heavy mm. watch. It's incredible. I can imagine. I can so. imagine. So here's a here's a, a question for you. A bit of a trivia. Do you know why it's called platinum? The the material. Why the name platinum? Hmm. Bring it. So according to my research, um, it's uh, platinum is a, a derivative of platina, Spanish word, which comes from plata, as in silver. Ah, okay. So when they first uh, started mining it, they thought it looks like silver, and uh, they started calling it silver. There's a bit, there's a bit of a, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of an interesting side note that the one of the most expensive materials and one of the cheapest uh, precious metal materials have kind of the same name, right? Yeah, that is interesting. It's almost like fool's <laughs> gold, right? But this, yeah, kind in this of. case, going the other direction. So yeah. Imagine you were you were playing poker and winning a a silver mine back in the I don't know 1900s, only to turn out that that's not a silver mine, that's a platinum mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky day, right? <laughs> oh yeah, a bit of a different <laughs> ball game <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure how many uh, how many mines were were um, sold or well uh, changed hands because of a poker game. A lot of uh, mining going on in South Africa, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the according to to some websites that's the story that's the name nice so cool some cool well, pics huh some interesting watches yeah i think so hmm. well balash as always it's been mm-hmm. fun and yes, sir i'll look forward to rejoining you in the fatherland uh soon enough here next uh episode we record i don't know if i'll still be here or if i'll be back but yeah that's what i want to ask you but we'll see then um don't rush, as I said, or we <laughs> talked about in, the, in before. I mean, of course, the family is there. You're missing them. That's totally understandable. But other than that, yeah, try to bring back as much uh, sunshine as possible because, boy, it's going to be some some damp and cold months. Absolutely. Before. Yeah. Cool. Well, then with that, Balash, Mike is out. Balash is out. Mm-hmm.